Have you ever found yourself in total darkness? I, I'm not asking that just simply rhetorically. Have you ever found yourself in total darkness? Okay, there's a few people that have lived a life. Okay, cool. <clears throat> I, there's a few times in my life where I've found myself in darkness as a child. Of course, that's very scary. You don't know where to go, what to do, you feel lost. Other times, you know, you just you don't know what to do you're, you don't, when you're in the dark. And I remember, though, specifically during uh, the aftermath of Hurricane Fiona, uh, going out onto my back deck one night and seeing no lights. And if I ever can't sleep sometimes at night, I'll go out on my back deck and I'll just kind of, you know, look at the stars, look at the lights of the city. And this time there was absolutely no light in my neighborhood. No lights of the city off in the distance. Maybe you felt that too during that time. And for me, it was just a very strange feeling to not only be in the dark, but to realize, like, I can't even change this. I can't turn on the lights. Maybe you've had a time like that, literally. Maybe it's been more figurative for you, a time of darkness in your life. But all of us know what darkness is like to some extent. Darkness represents a lot of things in our world rarely good. Uh, we don't even have to dig deep. I don't even have to try to explain it. You already know, but let's just remind ourselves of some of the things that darkness represents. On the slide. Darkness represents danger, fear, and wickedness. You know, they come out at night. Bad things happen after dark, right? Darkness represents corruption and oppression. Darkness represents sadness and grief. If you've ever felt a time of sadness and grief, you know there's this sense of darkness. Things are kind of closing in on you. Darkness represents being lost or hindered, blocked. You don't even know what way to turn sometimes. You're just so lost. It seems like darkness is, we say, impenetrable. You can't get through it. Darkness represents blindness to knowledge and truth. You know, if we're trying to make a decision or trying to do something, we would say, we're in the dark on this one. Darkness represents powerful spiritual forces of evil. I don't watch a lot of horror movies. It's not really my thing, but they're all black and dark. They happen at night. You never see a horror movie happen during the daytime, really. Darkness represents disconnection from God. And dark, darkness represents death. None of these images will be surprising to you. All of them, I'm sure, are familiar. They're inherent to the image. We already understand it intuitively, but we've learned this in so many ways in our world today. Let me take you through some passages in the Bible that just talk about darkness. They express various ways that we experience it as humans. Proverbs 4.19, But the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they're stumbling over. They've ever been in the dark and, you know, maybe it's in your house. You know the layout of your house, but the moment that you're in dark, ow, you're stubbing your toes somewhere, you're tripping over something, your kid left on the floor, you didn't know it was there. Psalm 107, verse 10, Some sat in darkness in deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. And darkness can feel so oppressive, so constraining, Psalm 88, 18, you have taken away my companions and loved ones. 
darkness is my closest friend. You remember the song by Simon and Garfunkel, Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. Psalm 143, verse 3, My enemy has chased me, he has knocked me to the ground, and forces me to live in darkness like those in the grave. On to the next slide. Psalm 74, 20, Remember your covenant promises, for the land is full of darkness and violence. John 3.19, people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. Ephesians 4.18, their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they've closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. Not exactly a positive reflection on an image, is it? Darkness represents pain and struggle. Darkness represents all kinds of difficulty and oppression in our world. And we know that, we understand it. it's part of life here on earth, it seems. Baked into the whole thing. And some of that comes just really from the human struggle and how we treat each other. The ways we turn to our own devices rather than looking to the way of God. The way we hurt one another, the way others hurt us, the way we hurt them. Darkness comes, darkness falls Darkness weighs upon us. We know darkness. Some of you know darkness right now very well, all too well. I want to take you now to a passage in Isaiah, where Isaiah is talking about how sin, how the things and the ways that we go against the will of God, the way of God, separate us from God and also make life difficult. It describes what life is like. So the first slide, we're going to see kind of this expression of sin as darkness, and then we're going to see kind of how we feel in the midst of that on the next slide. But let's, let's watch here. In Isaiah 59, verses 2 through 7. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he's turned away and will not listen anymore. Your hands are the hands of murderers, and your fingers are filthy with sin. Your lips are full of lies, and your mouth spews corruption. No one cares about being fair and honest. The people's lawsuits are based on lies, they conceive evil deeds and then give birth to sin. All their activity is filled with sin, and violence is their trademark. Their feet run to do evil, and they rush to commit murder. They think only about sinning. Misery and destruction always follow them. And you might say to yourself, well, that sounds extreme, but really, we've all experienced those things to some extent, haven't we? You may say, well, I'm not a murderer. I haven't killed anyone. Well, Yes, but have you ever had anger in your heart and wanted to kill someone? Come on, be honest. Your hands are the hands of murderers. Your fingers are filthy with sin. Come on, let's be honest. Whose fingers have not gotten dirty? Whose fingers have not held on to things that are opposed to God? Lips full of lies. Mouth spews corruption. What an image. It's like corruption is vomited out. What a mess it creates all over the place. It's spewed out. And it creates problems for people all over. No one cares about being fair and honest. Lawsuits. Violence. Rushing to do evil. They think only about sinning. Misery and destruction. Whether this is our everyday experience or not, it's things we've all experienced to some extent. Sin is a big problem in the world. Sin is an overwhelming problem. And it separates us from God. It creates pain in the world. 
It's our sin, the things we do against other people, the things we do against God, and it's the things they do against us as well. No one is unscathed in the world. And now listen to the next part of this passage as it reflects on what that feels like, what that experience is like to live in a world full of sin. The next slide. So now verses 8 through 10. They don't know where to find peace or what it means to be just and good. Have you ever been struggling through one of those times of darkness and said, I don't know how I can get some relief. I don't know how I can find peace. I'm overwhelmed by this. It's all-consuming. Where can I find some peace? They don't know where to find peace or what it means to be just and good. They've mapped out crooked roads. And no one who follows them knows a moment's peace. So there's no justice among us. And we know nothing about right living. Now look at this. We look for light but find only darkness. We look for bright skies but walk in gloom. We grope like the blind along a wall, feeling our way like people without eyes. Even at brightest noontime, we stumble as though it were dark. Among the living, we are like the dead. Even in our best moments, even when we're at our best, trying our hardest, it's darkness, isn't there? Within us, surrounding us, darkness. Even at the brightest day, even at the best day possible, we see it all around us still. We can't escape it. It's here. The darkness weighs upon us. It blinds us. It covers us. It fills us. What an incredibly huge problem. It fills the world. It fills us. What, what do we do with this? How could we ever find peace? How could we ever find relief? And in the Bible, peace isn't just the absence of conflict or difficulty. The word peace refers to a sense of wholeness. I want to feel whole again. I want to feel like my life is together. I don't want to feel so broken. I don't want to feel so empty. I don't want to feel hollow, lost, deceived, hopeless. Where can I find some peace? And maybe you've turned to all kinds of things. Maybe you've looked for it in companionship with someone else or the involvement in a certain activity or you've gathered things and accumulated stuff. Maybe you've tried to change yourself, and on your best day still, on your best day still, there's darkness in the world, isn't there? And even if I can clean up my part of the yard, what about the rest? How are we all ever going to get it together? How is it possible the world could ever be rescued? Where could we ever find hope in the midst of that darkness? Well, this wasn't just a problem in Isaiah's day, thousands of years ago. This is a problem we experience just the same now. And if Isaiah were going to reflect upon our situation and our sin and the way we experience all that darkness in the world, he'd have a lot of things to talk about. Let's look at the next slide here. What are some of the ways we experience darkness in our world? Well, we experience this illness, mental health issues. We had a global pandemic. That felt pretty dark. Malnutrition around the world. Lots of children, especially here even in PEI. It's one of the places with the least food security for children. We experience darkness through abuse, neglect, oppression, exclusion, racism, hate crimes. Some of you know those things better than I ever will. Some of you have not experienced the same kind of privilege that I have experienced, the same kind of protection or safety that you deserved. Something has been taken from you, robbed from you. 
you've experienced abuse at the hands of someone who should have known better. Many of us here in this room, in one way or another, feels these words with a weight and a sadness. We know marital conflict, sexual infidelity, relationship breakdown. We see people that are hypocrites. We see the sense of isolation that we feel, even we feel alone in a crowd. Loneliness, discouragement, jealousy. We see darkness in dishonesty and greed, gluttony. Lust, corruption, wickedness. How many times have we tried to accumulate things for ourselves just so that we could feel something or feel better or meet some need that we... And all that eating, all that gathering, all that... Never really does anything. Makes it worse. Hurts others. Poverty. Unjust systems. Legal conflicts. Fraud. Theft. I remember... I woke up when I was, I think, in grade four, and I had bought a new bicycle. So proud, I'd saved up my money. My parents split some of the costs with me. I woke up the last day of school, and it had been stolen. Last day of school? Come on. Summer was ruined. Have you had something taken from you? Have you had peace taken from you? Environmental destruction, wildfires, hurricanes. Political unrest, terrorism, violence, war, it's in the news every day, isn't it? I said, Gordon, you're really bumming me out this morning. Well, my point isn't to just wallow in the darkness, but to point us to where light can be found, to point us on a path to peace, to show us where there is hope, we go to the next slide. We read the words that we heard just a few moments ago in Isaiah. So Isaiah painted this dark picture of what sin in the world and darkness is like for us. But Isaiah is also the one who saw the light coming. And Isaiah says, nevertheless. What a great word. Nevertheless. I don't even have to go further in the verse. We could just preach on that one word. Nevertheless, what are you feeling today that feels too heavy, too dark, too oppressive? What are you feeling today that feels hopeless and seems impossible to overcome? What is too much for you? What can't you turn the lights on? What's beyond you and your ability? Nevertheless, nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. It can feel, when we're in those times of darkness and pain and struggle, like it's never going to end. There have been times and seasons in my life like that for sure. It seems like that day will never come where it lets up. This is such a trivial example, but I want to tell you about this thing that happened to me a week and a half ago. I got an owie on my finger. It was just like that thing, you know, between the nail... And the skin, and it just like, it's really raw. And it, it wouldn't heal. And it started like swelling and pussing up. And I like couldn't get it to like calm down. I was putting on like polysporin and doing stuff. And I kept thinking to myself, like, you know, it'll be better in the morning. 
And I woke up the next morning and it was not better, it was worse. And it might sound so small and trivial, but it was like, it bothered me so much. I was in so much constant pain that I started to think like, I woke up and it did, wasn't better. It's never happened to me before in my life. I, this is my life now. <laughs> it will never get better. I'm, I'm not even joking. That's how I felt. I felt hopeless over an owie on my finger. And I was going on the internet trying to find like a solution to it. And I said in the first service, and I, you know, the internet said I should put my hand in applesauce. I, I meant apple cider vinegar. And, it, and I saw, you know, sterilize a needle, poke it, drain it, do something. You know, like I was going through all the things that I could find, and none of it was giving me relief. Felt impossible. Felt like I couldn't turn on the lights. Like I couldn't change the darkness. And that was just the smallest thing in the world. But you go through one of these things, we listed a long list of things, and that seems pretty weighty for sure. You talk about some of those situations, and it seems insurmountable, impenetrable. But Isaiah is saying to you that darkness won't go on forever. Nevertheless, that darkness is going to come to an end. I see a light coming. And it can seem like it's impossible. It's never going to change. We could never make the difference. And you know what? We can't. But there's a light coming. A rescuer. A deliverer. And Isaiah sees it from a distance. And he says, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And if you're walking in darkness, if you feel the sense of despair and gloom, you need to know that a light is coming. The light is already here. It doesn't mean when Jesus comes that it will change in an instant. But when he comes again, it will renew all things. It's no secret, it's no surprise that Isaiah is looking to the coming of Jesus. But it can feel in these moments like it's never going to change. It can feel impossible. And Isaiah says, this isn't going to go on forever. You know, in those moments of darkness and pain, we can, we can start to just feel it overwhelming us. And we can start to think, where is God in this? Does he even care? Why is God so distant? Why are all these things going on? Why does it never get better? Why is God silent? Why do I have to carry it all? Is God cruel? Does he not love us? Does he not see? Does he not have the power to do anything about it? And I'm asking questions that some of you have said many times over in your darkest some of you are sitting there right now, sitting in that darkness, stumbling, struggling. This is the reality of the human condition. None of us escape it. None of us have the power and ability to overcome it. And yet, nevertheless, a light is coming. 
when we get into the New Testament, as Luke begins to tell the story of Jesus, we get to the end of chapter 1, and Zechariah bursts out in praise, and he says this, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide us to the path of peace. God's tender mercy will bring about the light and dawn of a new day. God's loving kindness, his compassion, brings about the change of a new era. The dawning of a new age where light overcomes the darkness. You, you may not know the word day spring. It's not a word that we use very often today. But in the King James Version, what's being described here is the breaking of dawn or day spring. And day spring became a word that points us to Jesus, the dawning of heaven's light. Zechariah bursts forth in praise and says, it's about to happen. It's not going on forever. It's about to change. The light is about to break the darkness. The shadow of death that weighs upon us is about to be released. Zechariah says, that light, that new day is coming to guide us to the path of peace. Where can we find peace? In the one who is the dawning of a new day. Where can we find peace? In the person who comes amongst us God is not far off. God is tender in His mercy. God does not stand at a distance. God enters into our world. He suffers and struggles alongside of us. He becomes human. He takes on flesh. We say, Emmanuel, God is with us. We are not alone in the dark. We are not alone in the dark. We have a hope. How good is it when you're in the dark to have someone beside you? Even better when that person has a flashlight. Even better when that person works for the power company and can turn on the lights. Even better when it's Jesus who is the light of the world. A new day is dawning in Jesus. A new day is coming where we have a hope that is certain and secure. And Zechariah bursts forth in the darkness still with rejoicing because he knows that Emmanuel, God with us, is coming. It's about to happen, he says. Nevertheless, this isn't going to go on forever. It's a new day. Jesus, the day spring, the dawning of heaven's light. He will lead us into wholeness. He will renew all things. He will give us light and life and hope. And in the coming weeks, we're going to look at the hope that we find in Jesus, the day spring, and what that means for us. We're going to sing a song. Uh, you've heard it many times before. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Verse 2 of it uses that word, day spring. Let me read it for you. O come, thou day spring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here, 
disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. And then verse 3 ends with the words, fill all the world with heaven's peace. Jesus, the day spring, he's not far off. He's drawn near to you and to me. And he changes the world by bringing light into it. Would you trust him? Let's pray. Jesus, it's easy when we're in the dark to feel like nothing can ever change and it's hopeless. But help us to see the flicker, the flicker of a light that is shining that isn't just a small candle flame. It is the bursting of a dawning new day that fills the world with light and brings about peace. Guide us by your word, by your spirit into that light and life. Jesus, show us who you are. Don't leave us in the dark. Don't leave us to our own devices, unable to bring about our rescue, but shine as a light that rescues us, that leads us to salvation and to rescue, to safety, to peace. Jesus, in this coming season, may we see you more and more and understand how your presence with us makes such a difference for us individually, but for the world as a whole. May we join you in the light. May we share whatever light we have. And may your light and life be known through all the world. In the name of Jesus, we pray.